Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? It's great to see all of you, and I uh, just want to thank those of you who are watching online. It's really good to have you joining us as well. We're in the third week of an Advent series here at Hope. If you are new to the whole idea of Advent, the word Advent means coming or arrival. It's a season of preparation where we anticipate the coming of Christmas, the coming of Jesus Christ as, as a baby, our Emmanuel, God with us. This is what Advent is all about. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at why Jesus came, why was, was, was he born in Bethlehem, and we saw in week one that Jesus came as a glorious king. He came to reign as king. Last week, Steve uh, shared a, a great message. He talked about Jesus being the cornerstone of a glorious house. Uh, from 1 Peter, we ourselves, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house. Why? And it says that we might declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. In other words, we have seen his glory. I had an unusual experience earlier this year, back in January. I was shopping at Home Depot. Now, that's not a normal experience for me. I'm not very handy that way, but I was at Home Depot back in January earlier this year, and, and I'll never forget, I was walking around the warehouse, and I was like, what's that music playing? It was not the normal music for January. It was Christmas music. Again, this is weird. Why are they playing Christmas music in January? Uh, you know, holly jolly Christmas. I'm like, what? I had to find out. I grabbed an employee. What's going on? Why are, they, why are you playing Christmas music in January? He's like, oh, man. He's like, he's like it's killing us. He's like, we can't get it to stop. It, it just keeps playing Christmas music. we like, well, did you try changing the channel? They're like, we've tried everything. Tried changing the channel. We got tech support. We called corporate. The computer will only play Christmas music. And I was thinking about that. And I want to show you today, guys, that when Jesus came, he didn't just come for a day. He didn't just come for a season. Jesus came to take over. He is the king, and he came to reign. There is a part of the Christmas story that I think many of us miss. And, and, and it might change the way you think about Christmas. I loved our Advent reading, and it, it highlighted the difference between Jesus and Caesar. Between, between the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of the Roman emperor. Between Jesus and Herod. And you might say, well, what does a little baby born in Bethlehem, how could that little baby pose any threat to a great king like Herod the Great? And isn't it interesting when you read the, 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 the Christmas story that Herod is afraid of Jesus? A little baby born in a manger. And Herod the Great is terrified. He, he's so terrified, he attempts to murder Jesus by killing all of the babies in Bethlehem. And I want to invite you today to consider this idea that Jesus has always been a threat to the kings of the earth. Why is that? Why, why is Jesus a threat to our own throne, 
I want to do what I want. I want to live my life my way. Jesus is a threat to that. Why is that? What is it? Who, who is this Jesus? Who is this baby born in a manger? And I want to invite you to take a, a look at the Christmas story. And, and especially this story between Jesus and Herod, ultimately leading to Herod making the decision to kill all of the babies in Bethlehem. Might give us some insights into who Jesus is, some insights into our own lives. So let's read this story together. This is from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to open your scripture if you have that with you. Familiar story. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, and Herod was the king at that time, historically, this is all true to, true to history. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and we've come to worship him. So here we have King Herod, king of the Jews, and we have a baby born king of the Jews. Setting up a story here. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, quoting Micah 5. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray and we'll dive in. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that Jesus is king, that he reigns over all things, that he is king in the midst of our story. He reigns in the midst of, of difficulty and sickness and heartbreak. You truly are the Lord of heaven and earth. And so, God, I invite you today to speak to our hearts. Help us to consider what it means today that Jesus is our King. We ask that in your name. Amen. So I want to look at this question today. Who is Jesus? Why is Jesus such a threat? And how does this impact our lives as worshipers of Jesus Christ? So we want to start again by looking at the Christmas story, and we see an idea repeated again, and it's re-emphasized over and over about who Jesus is. And it's this idea that Jesus is king. And I love this idea. We, we keep seeing it over and over again in the Christmas story. We sing it in our Christmas songs, Jesus is the king. We see it in Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, 
Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. So here we have Magi from the east, or wise men, and we, who are these mysterious travelers? The Bible actually doesn't get a, give us a lot of details about the Magi, but we know that these, these wise men from the east were, were skilled in reading the stars. And they would spend their nights looking at the stars and, and following the patterns. And, and there was a star that rose in the heavens. And it led them on a journey seeking one who would be born King of the Jews. How interesting is that? And, and, and it reminds us again that Jesus was born as a king. And Jesus is the king. He's not just a baby. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the king whom the stars in the sky declare his birth. He's the king whom the prophets spoke about, even saying to David, one of your descendants will sit on the throne forever. And and I just want us to understand today that when we say Jesus is Lord, or we say Jesus is is king, that it's not just a, a nice Christian saying. It's not just something pithy we put on our Christmas card. Oh, Jesus is king. It's, you know, Jesus is king. It's not like, it's not just a great cover for a Kanye album. Jesus is the king. The Magi want to worship Jesus because they recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ. He is not just a king. He is the king. And he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The Magi, they could have gone to worship their own king. They had a king. But they didn't worship their king. They could have come and worshipped King Herod. He was a king. They didn't worship King Herod. They came to worship one king and one alone, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because he is the ultimate. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the Lord of all creation. That's who Jesus is. From beginning to end in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is the king. He is born king of the Jews. When when Jesus is crucified on the cross at the end of Matthew, well, not only, we could even go back, I'm just thinking now, Jesus came proclaiming a kingdom, didn't he? And then when he's crucified on the cross... Hanging above him are the charges written against him. Do you remember what it, what it read? It said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. This is the banner that hung over his life. It hung over his death. But most importantly, Jesus is our resurrected king. He's our glorious king through his resurrection from the dead. And then, of course, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew uh, 28, 18 through 20, Jesus announces the Great Commission And I love the words there because he says, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. All authority. All authority over the state, over over our family, over my family, your family, over the world. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. And then he says, because all authority belongs to me, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to what? To obey. Obey who? Obey Jesus, the one with all authority. 
See, the Great Commission isn't just about going out and starting Bible studies in basements. It's actually about winning the world to King Jesus. He is a king. He came as the king. I love this quote from Abraham Kuyper who said this. This is amazing. There's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry out, mine. It all belongs to Jesus. All authority, all power, all rule, all dominion, it all belongs to Christ. And you have these magi who I think serve as great examples of God fulfilling the Great Commission. Let's not forget who the Magi are. These are pagan astrologers. And yet God has so worked in their lives and worked in their hearts that they have come to bow before Jesus the King. They're a picture of the world coming to Christ. We sing it at Christmas time. You know that song, Let Earth Receive Her King. Guys, this is the Christmas story. Jesus is king. So I want to show you now there, there's one of two ways to respond to King Jesus. And Herod is a picture of one of those ways, and the Magi are a picture of one of those ways. So maybe the first response, and we'll, we'll look at Herod here. We can actually see Jesus as a, as a threat to our throne. And, and, of course, Jesus is a threat to the rulers of this world. He always has been. Just look at Herod's response. Matthew 2, 3. When King Herod heard this, when he heard another king has been born, another king of the Jews, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. So Herod the Great was, in fact, the king of the Jews at the time Jesus was born. Herod was not Jewish. So that created some tension there. He was not from the line of David. We talked about that. He was king of the Jews, but he was not born king of the Jews. And the Jewish people would ever, never call Herod their king. He received the title king of the Jews by a Roman senate in 40 BC. That's how Herod became king. And one way or another, the Jewish people would never recognize the legitimacy of Herod's rule. So what did Herod do? He became a tyrant. He flexed his muscle. And, and, and as many of you know from history, Herod became a bit of a... Well, he became disturbed many times. He was often paranoid that someone around him was going to steal his throne. And whenever Herod felt threatened, he would just kill someone off. It started with his wife's brother. And he invited the whole family to the resort at Jericho. And while everybody was swimming in the pool, a couple of bodyguards came out and drowned his wife's brother. Now, how do you go back home after that? I mean, that's crazy, right? Well, it wasn't just his wife's brother. Eventually, he kills off his wife. He kills off his sons. Caesar Augustus was once joking. He said, I'd rather be born Herod's pig than his son. Herod was a madman. Now Herod hears about a child born king of the Jews. 
What do you think Herod's going to do? Reminds me of the movie Toy Story. When uh, Woody first meets Buzz Lightyear. And uh, Woody starts to think that this, uh, this space ranger might become Andy's new favorite toy and he tries to knock him out the window. Herod wants to knock Jesus off. He's just looking for a window of opportunity. He calls in the, calls in the Bible scholars, Bible teachers, chief priests, teachers of the law. He cunningly asks, where will that Messiah be born? Like, oh, in Bethlehem. They quote Micah 5. And Herod says, excellent. Find the child so I can worship him. We have to understand that this message of Christ is the Lord is inherently threatening. Tyrants of this world have always recognized the threat of King Jesus. In fact, that tension is inherent within the scriptures themselves. In Psalm 2, God, speaking of the Son, tells the rulers of this world, obey the Son or perish. He is a threat to the thrones and powers of this world. But how about us? Isn't he a threat to our own throne? Have you ever thought about that? We all have a throne over our life. Who sits on the throne of my life? Who sits on the throne of your life? It's very natural that we put ourselves on our throne. I mean, everything in culture is encouraging us to do that. You know, it's all about you. Have it your way. Amazon one-click, selfies, whatever it is. Everything in our culture says, live your life the way you want to live your life. But the Bible says if you want a relationship with God, you have to actually take yourself off the throne and make Jesus the Lord of your life. And so there really are two responses to Jesus. One, you can say Jesus is a threat to our throne. Or we can surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and worship Jesus alone. Two responses. Herod and the Magi. We can make a powerful choice to worship Jesus alone. You can make that choice. I love Romans 10.9. It says, if you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's an amazing scripture. You can be saved. You can have a brand new relationship with God, adopted into his family, forgiven of all your sin, receive the gift of eternal life. How? The Bible says if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's an amazing gift. We don't have to earn it or deserve it. We receive it by trusting in Christ. That's a powerful choice you can make today. I am going to worship Jesus. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. And I hope you'll do that today. The Magi make this choice. Verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love that word, overjoyed. Why are the Magi so overjoyed? I think they realize that God has been working supernaturally in their story as they've gone on this journey. And some of you know that 
experience of how you came to know Jesus Christ and the joy of meeting Jesus and realizing God had been working in your story. Right? They go off searching for a star and they end up finding the king. And their life is radically, radically transformed. And they see this child and they bow before Jesus and they present him with their gifts and they're worshiping him. But it's not just they're worshiping him. I want you to see this today. They're, they're truly giving all of their allegiance to Jesus. We see this playing out in our story because the Magi have to make a choice. King Herod, Herod the Great has said, I want you to come back and tell me about Jesus. What do you do when you're faced with a choice between obeying Herod and honoring Jesus? That's the choice these magi have to make. Am I going to obey Herod? Am I going to follow the command of Herod the Great or am I going to honor Jesus? They have a choice to make. And what choice do they make? Verse 12, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, what do they do? They return to their country by another route. Sorry, no, I, I got to honor Jesus. Church family, what choice are we going to make? When we have to choose between obeying Herod and honoring Jesus, I just want to ask you this question today. Who are you going to choose? Who am I going to choose? Who are we going to choose? Are we going to make the powerful choice to worship Jesus alone? It's a powerful choice. I don't pretend that is an easy choice. I don't pretend that's a choice without suffering. As we know, many Christians down through the ages have suffered, they have been persecuted for that declaration, Jesus is Lord. I was just thinking of some examples. We think of the, the earliest Christians, and they would be fed to the lions. They would be lit up as human torches. Nero literally lit up the city of Rome by lighting up Christians. Why? Because they refused to say, Caesar is Lord. They refused to offer a pinch of incense in worship of Caesar. Angie has been on a Cory Ten Boom kick, and uh, she was reading The Hiding Place. And maybe we remember how Cory Ten Boom suffered the horrors of a Nazi concentration camp because she hid Dutch Jews rather than give them over to the state authorities. Think about our Christian brothers and sisters in China suffering under the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, we have the reading on opendoors.com and you can read different stories, but... The CCP has been going into churches and demanding the churches take down their crosses. They, they demanded one church. They, they had a banner like ours, love, love God, love people. The CCP walked in that church. They saw that and say, they said, we want you to take down that sign and replace that with love your country. And one, one pastor, Pastor Lee Jun Kai, said, no, I can't do that. And he was fined $32,000 and sentenced to five and a half years in prison. Because he said, I'm not going to say Caesar is Lord. I'm going to say Jesus is Lord. 
The Magi, they refuse to return to Herod. How does Herod respond? He kills all the baby boys in Bethlehem. Do you know the early church considered those baby boys the first martyrs for Christ? Isn't that interesting? I'm not saying it's an easy choice. I'm not saying it's a comfortable choice. But we all have to make a choice. Who is going to be our king? It's the choice of Acts 5.17. Defying Caesar's decrees. Saying there is another king whose name is Jesus. Here's the biblical principle. And I truly invite you. I know this, is, I know this feels intense. And I truly invite you to think about your own life. Here's the biblical principle. When the state commands what God forbids, or forbids what God commands, we've got to say, there is another king, one called Jesus. And friends, this is part of the Christmas story. I see the magi in my nativity. I'm thinking, there are some pretty courageous guys right there. Because they truly believed that Jesus was the king. And I want to be like those magi. We have a choice. We can see Jesus as a threat to our throne, or we can make the choice to worship Jesus alone. I want to celebrate communion today. You have your communion cups. Communion is a great declaration that Jesus is Lord. And as Jesus hung on that cross, as he was crucified by the tyrants of his day, the sign over his head read, Jesus is king. And he is the king. And he was crucified on that cross, but you know what? He rose from the dead three days later. And no matter what we face in life, Jesus is king over it all. And he is advancing his kingdom. And his plan for the ages is unfolding. And this, this celebration today is a great reminder of that.